Hey everybody, how are we doing today? It's Thursday, it's another cloudy and rainy day, and uh, this weather sucks, so you know, not really fun when uh, the only enjoyment you get to do is to go outside and uh, the weather doesn't cooperate. So this weekend's looking good though, so hopefully uh, we'll get out to be able to enjoy it. Um, I could use some sun, uh, that's for certain, so... Uh, anyway, hope everyone's doing well. Um, this has gone on way too long and we're all starting to go slightly crazy, but you know, we keep chugging along. So, um, uh, yeah, Whew. my brain is fried. Been doing some grad school work, you know, getting it, getting it done guys, getting it done, you know, just whatever you got to do to get the things done. So, uh, a couple of things I want to talk about up top, uh, and then we will get into my uh, interview, uh, which was a fun one uh, with uh, a, uh, a newer friend that I met in the last uh, uh, year. So, um, first off, we have um, our latest updates on uh, the coronavirus here in Connecticut. Um, so as of uh, yesterday, 26,767 people have tested positive. Um, 2,168 people have died in the state. Um, but the good news is that hospitalizations, uh, continue to go down. Um, and so we're starting to see the other side of that, uh, that curve that we were hoping. Um, so, uh, and, um, although deaths and still positive tests, um, are uh, not up versus other days, but, uh, they still remain relatively, um, high. So, uh, an additional 455 people yesterday tested positive. So, um, you know, still, still a concern, which is why we, we've extended, um, these, uh, these quarantine, um, rules, but hopefully with hospitalizations continuing to go down, we can start to see a gradual reopening of businesses and the economy here in Connecticut. Um, cause the economic, uh, fallout from the, um, virus has been, uh, been definitely severe. So, you know, at first we had, uh, the stock market, um, kind of going up and down. Um, I was talking to Mr. Staffaroni the other day and he was just, uh, we were kind of talking about how much has changed since we last did our podcast. So we'll have to do a, uh, a part two and kind of talk about, uh, the changes that have been made. Cause, um, you know, the stock market is still, I mean, it's not quite as volatile as it was, but, um, you know, it's, it's gained from where it was. Um, and, and people are, you know, uh, being able to make some money and stuff. Obviously oil has taken a big hit. Um, yet, uh, unemployment, uh, has gone, um, really up. So, uh, the latest numbers today out of the labor department, uh, are that, uh, so since the virus has hit 30 million people have filed for unemployment. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, um, you know, before all of this, we had one of the, the best, uh, job markets, in history, uh, and now, uh, a, a very, you know, great depression number like look. So, uh, you know, really concerned, uh, for, you know, I was lucky when I graduated college was 2006. So the job market was pretty good for, for me. Um, you know, but in the next couple of years or so, um, the job market took a dive with the housing crisis of, uh, 07 and 08. Um, and so, uh, you know, people a couple of years below me, um, you know, came out, um, and, and had a hard time finding, 
between um, jobs and the careers that they wanted to go into and kind of just had to take whatever they could. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends who were a couple of years older than me who had gone into law school and then were coming out of law school in 2007, 2008. Um, and, uh, and it was very difficult for them to find um, jobs that they that they were hoping for. Um, and it took a while to recover from that. And then now we have this. And so there's a whole nother host of college graduates that are going to face uh, the same issue. Um, and so, uh, you know, not uh, not ideal. Um, you know, hopefully it can bring about some of the changes to the economy um, and some of the newer jobs that we've been talking about for a long time. Um, you know, but then there's uh, it's an election year. And so there'll be that fight over, you know, do we uh, do we preserve some of the older jobs that are, um, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, mining and, and other manufacturing and stuff that has gone the way of, uh, you know, cleaner, uh, fuels or, um, more automation. Um, and, and we switch, uh, you know, over kind of the economy and what we're trying to do with jobs. So, but then, you know, there remains a lot of, um, you know, people who still need employment, you know, who are in their forties, fifties, uh, you know, and, and then getting that, uh, that newer training to be able to adapt, uh, to the new job. So, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting how, uh, this all plays out. Um, and so we're seeing some economists who are starting to, you know, gauge of whether, you know, when the reopen happens, how much can we recover, how quickly can we recover? Um, and so it'll be, uh, worth, uh, paying attention to, uh, another fascinating thing that I've uh, seen is obviously with the rise in unemployment, uh, we've had more need for, um, assistance than, uh, in uh, previous times, uh, there was a uh, fascinating uh, picture that I saw on Twitter uh, earlier uh, today about a line of cars in San Antonio, Texas, uh, for a um, uh, uh, food pantry um, so to get some food assistance. Um, and it's actually something that I, I'm writing my uh, final for my graduate paper on. Uh, so what's uh, what's really interesting is that, you know, uh, over the past couple of years, SNAP benefits, which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, uh, it's the newer name for food stamps. Um, those have gone down. A lot of states have attached uh, work requirements to them. Um, and so uh, a lot of people uh, don't qualify for as much assistance uh, as they used to. Um, but right now with all restaurants shut down um, and sporting events uh, where a lot of uh, some of these farming supplies go, uh, then, um, the farmers have an oversupply of these things. And so we're actually starting to see some destroying of crops, uh, to not drive down, uh, the price, uh, which is really unfortunate when you have so many people on unemployment and, uh, and some food, um, shortages, even though the food supply, uh, is high. There was a, a picture of, uh, Idaho, with all these potatoes um, that are going to be destroyed. Uh, I saw something in Maryland, Eastern Shore, where like 2 million chickens were going to get, you know, just uh, slaughtered and, and thrown away. Uh, when obviously, because, the, you know, and, and the president moved the other day to make sure that some of these plants stay open, but we don't know exactly how that is enforceable and stuff when they don't have the right protections because uh, slaughterhouses have really... Uh, been affected by the coronavirus and it's and it spread quickly there and stuff. So we could see some meat uh, and pork short uh, beef and pork sh shortages in the grocery stores, uh, but it's not due to lack of uh, 
uh, of supply. It's just it's that middleman and everything else and stuff. And so, um, you know, and it's just really kind of sad when we have, you know, people in, in who are hurting and in needed help. Um, but we're we're lacking that uh uh, the the processing plants and everything else and stuff to make sure that it gets to uh, the people who need it. So um, it's something interesting to follow. It's obviously um, exposed some of these uh, supply chains that we weren't previously aware of just because uh, we're on the consumer end of things. And so as long as we get it at our um, restaurants or at our grocery stores, we're not really concerned about how it got from the farm to um, our dinner tables. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, when the, the middle part of that comes out, um, then it can't get to our tables. Uh, and so, uh, and, and what we're seeing is more, um, just kind of wasting of crop and, uh, as opposed to, you know, finding new uses for it. So, um, you know, it'd be great to see the government step in and, and be able to do something uh, about that, obviously with the safety of workers and, and everything in mind. And we don't want our farmers to take a hit, but this is just kind of a, another after effect of how this affects uh, the economy um, in a crisis. And so uh, just, you know, you, you learn something new, a new story every day. And so that's kind of the fascinating of part of living through this um, that, uh, you know, that I have, have found um, in reading some of these different stories that we don't normally hear about. So um, just something maybe you want to look in more into and stuff and kind of read about because I, I find it a little fascinating. So, um, so with, uh, a lot of you deciding on colleges, uh, starting to reach out and figure out who, uh, you are rooming with. Um, I thought it would be fun to talk to, uh, a, my roommate from this past summer in DC at Georgetown. Uh, so basically, uh, there's this fellowship that's awarded to teachers, um, who teach us history and government, uh, every year that you can apply for. Um, it provides a grant of money to get another master's degree so that we can become more experts in our content area. Uh, and then they also do a, um, uh, an institute every summer in Georgetown. Unfortunately, this year it was postponed because of the coronavirus. But so last year there were 52 of us who went to Georgetown to study the Constitution for four weeks. And so that's when I read all the Federalist Papers, Anti-Federalist Papers, Madison's Notes on the Convention, um, <clears throat> looked at, you know, uh, uh, different influences of the Constitution, um, and then kind of the, the dive in deeper to the, the arguments between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. So it was great for me uh, because obviously I got to learn a lot and it's in the stuff I'm really interested in and it really challenged me. It was, it was some of the hardest <clears throat> work I've had to do, 300 pages of reading every night. And so, uh, but I really, uh, I, I really enjoyed it and look back on it, um, fondly. Um, and so, uh, when we got there the first day, you, you report to the dorm and then they give you your room assignments. Um, and so that is when I, uh, met Sam, who we're going to hear from, uh, who is from North Carolina and was my roommate for the four weeks. Um, and he was a blast to get to know and, uh, and to live with. Um, and he's really one of the nicest guys I've ever met and someone I'm very lucky to call a friend now. So we, we check in every now and then, um, to see how things are going. So I called him to see how, uh, his quarantine and shutdowns going, how their school is adjusting to it. Um, and we talk about some other things. So, um, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, and, and particularly his, uh, his act because uh, he's got that nice North Carolina Southern accent. So uh, here is my buddy, Sam. All right, you Canaan High School, uh, I am very excited. So it's 
you know, approaching time when you guys got to pick uh, your colleges and you start reaching out to who you're going to be rooming with. And I had the pleasure of rooming with this fine gentleman uh, in D.C. this past summer for our uh, constitutional fellowship. And so it is my roommate, Sam, from D.C. Sam, how are we doing? Doing great, doing great. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Now, Sam, you're actually from North Carolina. Where about in North Carolina are you from again? Yeah, so uh, right now I'm currently living in Candler, North Carolina, which is right outside of the great city of Asheville. Awesome. Now, you're near the like the foothills, right? Yeah, near the foothills. Okay, yeah. Yep. So, beautiful part of the country. Most definitely. Lots of hiking trails, and um, it's a great place to live. That's awesome. So, uh, is um, uh, how's the weather been down there? Well, it's been great. Uh, you know, it's probably not nearly as cold as it is up there, but it's been pretty mild the past month. But we've That's been good. getting into the 70s, so it's been pretty pretty awesome. Gotcha. So um, I wanted to hear about um, just it's been kind of fun reaching out to teachers from different areas so my kids can hear a little bit different, uh, you know, how everyone, every student has a different experience and teachers have different experiences. Um, so I wanted to, to know, like, well, first off, how's your quarantine been? Quarantine's been, it's been as good as I think it can be. Um, trying to buy time, you know, having a lot more time at home, mm-hmm. just trying to create different things in the routine to, to, you know, not just have the same thing every day, but it's been good overall. Um, That's good. Yeah. My wife works on a COVID floor, so she's a oh, wow. nurse in the yeah. area. And so. A lot of it's just been just trying to take care of her and uh, trying to support her with a lot of the stress that's going on at work. So, but overall, it's going pretty good. Yeah. How many uh, patients uh, has she seen with uh, the virus? Well, so in Western North Carolina, we we have a couple of cases, but it's definitely not nearly as bad as other parts of the country. Um, uh-huh. So on her floor, they have had the max a maximum of nine, um, but. Uh, you know, they've just been kind of aware of just trying to, you know, just trying to keep uh, keep floors open for potential spikes in the case. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So fortunately, in North Carolina, um, our our spike was supposed to be yesterday, and it turns out it wasn't as bad as they expected. But you know, at the same time, we're still trying to uh, you know prevent another big spike later on. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's just crazy, like, the differences. Yeah, so we've had, um, in our county here, we have had, uh, like, 11,000 or 12,000 confirmed cases. Wow. Um, And so yesterday we just passed 2,000 deaths in the state, and so we have, uh, and we're at uh, just under 26,000 confirmed cases for the entire state. Wow. Um, So it's been been pretty crazy here. Um, So... But uh, yeah, I know. No one expected this. Uh, <laughs> the last thing we no one did for. And you were, uh, I mean, you're you're in your third year of teaching. Yeah, it's my third year. You got okay. It. Um, and so uh, you uh, you teach high school. So like, how big is your school? School's about six hundred and fifty. So in North Carolina, we're not the smallest division, which is one A. We're we're two A school. Okay. So. Yeah. So when did you guys go out of school? We went out um, about the same time that a lot of other school systems across the country went out. I believe it was April 15th. 
Oh, we've been at March. It. March, my fault. Yeah, yeah, March, yeah, yeah. No, no worries, no worries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did our first official uh, learning, like uh, e-learning day on March 13th. Um, but so, like, what, were you guys prepared at all for it? Have you guys been like planning to do distant learning, or kind of what what does it look like since you guys been out? Not at all. It's actually been really interesting. I don't know if you've felt this way too, but being a younger teacher, um, being maybe a bit, a little bit more tech savvy, uh, it's been yeah. interesting to see administration and leadership in our community kind of struggle with like how to, how to potentially do distance learning. Um, so we've really been building the ship on the ocean per se. So it's been, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's been crazy. And I uh, work with a teacher. We both teach the same class. Um, we don't teach it together, but we have different students in the same course. And so I've been helping her with all this different uh, online stuff that she just doesn't know how she's retiring this year. And so it's just a, Oh wow! It's been really, it's been a, it's been an interesting experience. But um, the tough thing about my community that I live in, uh, being here in rural North Carolina, is that we have a lot of kids that don't have access to internet, uh-huh. and they also just don't have an electronic device they can use for distance learning. And so, right. what's been really tricky is in trying to promote equity for all the students that we have at our high school. Um, it's really hard to to do that when there's so many kids that just don't have access to resources. Right. Um, so what we do is we have a very complicated, very intricate system of printing out uh, activities for students to complete. But um, I still think that system is, we're still trying to develop that system and it's been difficult getting some of those kids caught on. Um, right. So that's one of our big challenges in this area in terms of like, helping students and supporting them, helping them learn. And, um, you know, with that lack of equity, we we're kind of like trying to figure out grading. So as a teacher, this is new for me because we haven't really uh, been asked or required to grade students work. So for us, we're really just giving feedback mm-hmm. um, because if we were to grade, you know, students work, it, it wouldn't be fair to uh, certain subgroups and populations within our school. So, yeah. I don't know. Is that something that you guys have been dealing with as well? How do y'all do it? I mean, we have, I mean, we're lucky cause we're a, um, um, I mean, our district is, we're, we're more, you know, on, on the upper echelon of the socioeconomic, um, scale. So, uh, when I first started four years ago, uh, was the first year of, uh, bring your own device. And so, um, most students have their own device, um, and if they don't, then um, there's ones that they can rent from the school. So the school's been really good about making sure that everyone gets a device. Yeah. Um, and then we just instituted um, the learning like uh, management platform Schoology this year. Um, and so it just kind of accelerated how quickly we needed to all adapt it. Um, and we started planning – to go out probably two or three weeks before they actually made the call. Um, and so we had actually done, um, like that one morning they did like a delayed start. So teachers could have like two and a half hours to kind of like prep stuff. Mm. Um, and so we were actually able to hit the ground running, uh, with, um, with online learning. So, um, you know, so we did third quarter grades just as they regularly would be done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every teacher is kind of different in terms of like, you know, still giving like assessments and everything else. Um, you know, me having seniors, uh, you know, four out of my five classes, um, it's been, 
you know, kind of, um, well, here's what we need to know for the rest of the year for the AP test. Um, but also like it's a government class, like we are living through a pandemic, like there is no better learning, um, you know, example than what we're living through right now. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we kind of have, you know, kind of focused on, on that part of it as kind of like, uh, the coronavirus as like a case study of like, okay, how do the different, you know, branches and, and levels of government respond to that? So, um, so it's, it's been pretty interesting. I mean, I've been doing daily, I do two zoom calls a day for the last, uh, starting last week and then doing this week. And we're doing that all the way leading up to the AP test. Um, so, you know, I have, you know, in a day I see probably 40 plus students, but I mean, I have 102 in the gov class. So, you know, and not every, uh, school is accepting AP credit. So I have some students who are, who are not, um, uh, taking the test just because of the college that they're going to. But I mean, so, I mean, it's been, I mean, it's definitely been a, a learning lesson for everyone. Um, I'm with you and stuff of like kind of being more on the tech savvy side of things. Um, it has uh, not been as hard for me as some other teachers rely more on, you know, paper and pen work. Um, so, but, you know, I just, I don't know, like um, our guidance and administration has done a really good job of like reaching out to like the colleges and stuff. Cause really, I mean, the biggest thing we were worried about is one, um, you know, there was some question about the NCAA and whether they would accept credits as pass fail yeah. um, for eligibility for sports next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we're still on normal like grading patterns and everything else um for right now but the state may make the call to go to pass fail for the entire second semester which you know i mean i think um i kind of had my uh my my seniors do a like a reflection on like the third quarter and just kind of like evaluate themselves like how engaged they've been and stuff and uh and i was uh, i i really enjoyed that and i thought it was a lot more personal um mm-hmm. you know cause, i mean it's just it, it's a good kind of lesson before them going into college of like, you're really responsible for your own learning here. Um, you know, there's no one watching you to see if you show up for class or if you're doing all the work and everything else. Uh, so, but I would say from the, you know, uh, pretty unanimously, like they've, they've adapted well. It just, I think the hardest thing for them is just their schedule has shifted. So, you know, I'm not going to get them on a zoom call at eight 30 in the morning. Um, yeah. and so I've kind of just come to accept that. So we've figured out ways to get zooms in at different times of the day and stuff when they're more uh, awake. And cause a lot of them also are like, you know, cause we have a lot of households that have, you know, two parents that work and, you know, they're working from home. So that, so a lot of my seniors are, are, at, you know, babysitting or nannying. And so they've taken on teaching jobs for younger kids. Um, you know, and so it's just kind of trying to balance all of that. And, uh, you know, so we actually switched our schedule to where now, you know, we did, we switched it to block day so that they have, you know, like I only see my classes like either three or twice a week. Um, and so it kind of frees up time and it's just, it's allowed for more kind of in-depth look at things rather than, you know, trying to get through all the curriculum, um, in, in the class, so, you know, we're adapting. I mean, the hardest thing is just I feel so bad for the seniors just because, you know, like prom's been postponed, you know, graduation's yeah. up in the air. And I just, you know, that's a really, you know, meaningful part of life. And, you know, you're a lot younger than me. So you probably have 
a better memory of that and everything. But I, I just, you know, I remember my senior year and those moments and how special they were. Um, and so I just, you know, it breaks my heart that they're, they're having to, you know, do their last semester of high school at home. And so I'm just hoping that at some point in the summer we can get together and, and make sure that they get the farewell that they deserve. Um, yeah. yeah. So, no freshman uh, orientation and all that. I know. Yeah. Like moving in and everything else is, you know, and even like colleges are starting to, you know, talk about like, you know, whether they can even go back in the fall. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, I mean, I just, I, <laughs> um, I certainly could use some sports for distraction and uh, yes. a, a number of other things. And so it's just been kind of tough. I have never been more excited for the NFL draft. <laughs> and I'm never so, excited about the NFL draft. That was hyped. Yes. Yeah. So you know what's really cool? What's that? So the Chiefs in the third round drafted a kid out of the high school that I teach at. And you're a huge Kansas City guy. And I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Oh so I actually God. had his younger brother in class last year. So I'm looking forward to getting a new uh, offensive lineman jersey. Um, you know, to match, match my Mahomes jersey. Um, and the Chiefs are coming, man, they're coming right back. I know. Well, especially, you yeah, know, like draft. shortened off season, good draft, shortened off season. You know, they brought a lot of the, the guys back from the Super Bowl winning team. You know, I mean, that definitely yeah. plays in their favor. So I'm feeling pretty good going into the next, uh, next season. So um, how was your guys' basketball season this year? Our high school team? Yeah. Well, you know, we're in the process of a rebuild. I feel like I maybe communicated that this summer. We uh, we had a good year. Um, it's crazy. The the two years before this past season, we had only won three games as a school for mm-hmm. two seasons. And this past year, we won nine. Nice. So we've got a couple of young guys. Uh, really, we had one senior who graduated, so... We had a lot of young guys playing, and so hopefully next year um, we will be able to compete. And you know, next year we're shooting for being top two in the conference. That's our goal. That's awesome. Um, the problem is, though, Mike, is you know, with 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 no spring, I'm sure a lot of your student athletes could can well, they know this, but like we're not able to do like a lot of travel ball. We're not able to do spring spring workouts and practices, and so we were really hoping to make up time for that and try to help our players develop and for those kids that really want to get better. Yeah. We're hoping that they would in the spring, but it's, you know, for students right now, it's all about in many ways, at least it is in, in Western North Carolina. Like it's all about intrinsic motivation. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if you want to be better at a certain thing, you really got to put in the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, our, our boys, uh, they, uh, they won the, the championship last year and they were in the state tournament and had won the first game. And then, uh, you know, and then they called the season and so they didn't get to defend their title. So, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that would be sour. Yeah. So it's been a bummer. It's been a bummer for a lot of the kids who play sports. Um, so, you know, I just, uh, they, they've, they haven't officially canceled spring sports yet. They've canceled the postseason tournament, but they're hoping, you know, because I mean, our school year goes till like third week of June. Yeah. Um, and so they're still holding out hope that they can do like, uh, you know, some senior nights for the kids and that, you know, they can have, you know, like a abbreviated, you know, couple game season just so that they can get a send off for those, you know, kids who are continuing to play at the next level. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can I can't imagine if my, you know, senior year and like last time I played like baseball and other sports, you know, like if I just, you know, I, I was done after that, you know, I mean, at least basketball, like there's leagues and everything else and stuff that you can join, but there's, there's a lot of those team sports that you just, you, you don't get after, uh, after high school. Um, yeah. so, you know, it's just a bummer. Um, well, hey, well, hey listen to this. I found this was, thought this was really interesting. So we are right next to South Carolina, of course. So there's a lot of controversy right now because there's a lot of travel ball teams, a lot of sports teams that, um, because South Carolina's restrictions are a little bit less than North Carolina. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are trying to play athletic events and trying to play in athletic tournaments in South Carolina because they're reopening earlier. So there's this really interesting controversy because there's a lot of teams in North Carolina who are trying to like work the back channels and (laughs) some games in in South Carolina. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't, um, I was curious and just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. So like, you talked about how the coronavirus is like a really good case study for your gov class. Yeah. So do you feel like the coronavirus is defining federalism in the U S or do you think it's making it more obscure? No, I mean, I think in a, in a big way it's, it's, it's redefining it. Um, in, in kind of an interesting, interesting way, you know, I mean, really, you know, you got kind of, uh, you know, we kind of talk about in class, you know, with the, with Reagan, he kind of shifted federalism back to, you know, putting a little bit more in, in the power of the states. Yeah. And then each president who's come since then has had their own little spin on federalism. Um, you know, but now I think, you know, you see, and what I'm really, uh, you know, has been really interesting and stuff is, is to see these, these, uh, you know, neighboring state, like, uh, partnerships. So like, uh-huh. So like Connecticut has joined with like, uh, you know, New Jersey, New York, um, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, you know, to kind of all agree, Hey, we're going to all talk and we're all going to reopen, you know, different sections of the economy together, um, Uh to kind of avoid the issue you're having in North Carolina, South Carolina, where, you know, people are, are, are going across state lines to, uh, you know, cause I mean, there is, there is some serious, you know, especially with the shutdown and stuff, like there's some serious tax revenue that, uh, that states could make, you know, if they open up barber shops and, and yep. movie theaters and other things and stuff, you know, if people are jumping over the border. And so, and since yep. up here in the Northeast, you know, like uh, it's, I mean, we're, you know, 20 minutes. I mean, even where my school is and stuff, like there's people right on the line of the New York of New York state um, who go to our school. And so, uh, so it's really easy to cross the line and go over and, and do those things. So, uh, so I think that's really interesting is kind of how, you know, you almost have these like regional powers where it's like, you know, so like out West, you have, you know, Newsom in California out here, you have, Cuomo, uh-huh. you know, who yeah. are kind of the leaders of these, you know, state, um, you know, groups who are kind of working together and stuff. But I mean, really, I think, you know, our governor, you know, in a big way is taking a lot of cues from Cuomo. And I think, you know, out there in, in Oregon and Washington, you know, they're also taking a lot of cues from Newsom in, in California. Um, you know, which really is, it has, you know, kind of changed of how, you know, mostly it's, you're just dealing with, you know, stuff within your state. And so, uh, but it also brings up an interesting kind of like, as they, you know, because interstate, um, compacts, you know, are supposed are, are a power of the federal government. So only the government, federal government can authorize, but so they're, they're doing partnerships, not compacts to get around, um, you know, uh, uh, interstate commerce, uh, clause issue. So it's, uh, 
It's it, it's an interesting constitutional thing. Uh, I think the other thing that uh, some of my students have risen, um, and I don't know how it's impacted North Carolina, is uh, is the question of the First Amendment free exercise clause. Uh, you know, and are these you know restrictions on gatherings of more than ten people, you know, violating people's uh, you know First Amendment uh, free exercise uh, of religion rights, yeah. um, which is uh, which is a little. I mean, that's that's. That's definitely a murkier, you know, complicated question um, that, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw in my home state of Kansas, uh, the uh, in the in the state house, the Republicans passed a bill to allow um, uh, the um, uh, churches to allow uh, to have worship for Easter. Um, And so then the governor sued and it went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court uh, cited on the governor's side that uh, they, they could prevent churches from doing that. But, uh, but I think there could be, there could be some other cases, which is kind of, you know, we think we've, we've dealt with all of these amendments and other parts of the constitution before, but there's always new questions that pop up, you know, with every new issue. And so for sure, um, I think it's a, uh, it's a real kind of interesting, you know, question. And, and, and that's a lot of the stuff that, you know, now I'm kind of, you know, we had this uh, summer fellowship in DC where we were, you know, four weeks, you know, doing, six hours a day of studying the constitution and, and, and boy, I, I wish we had that group together now to discuss some of these issues on, um, you know, so, uh, you know, it, it was such a bummer to see that they had to, you know, cancel the fellowship for this year, um, and not do the DC program just because of all the, uh, the quarantining and everything else and stuff. But, uh, so I wanted to, you know, let my kids uh, know. I mean, I've talked to them a little bit about it and stuff, but so it's, it's, uh, you know, one teacher in each in each state uh, can apply and get, and be awarded this fellowship. Um, and so you got it for 2018 in North Carolina. Yes, sir. Yeah, and so I got it for 2018 in Connecticut. And uh, I mean, they published the names, but we don't, you know, and we all joined like a Facebook group ahead of time, but we really didn't know. And, and it wasn't until we got down there that we figured out, you know, who's rooming with who and. Uh, you know, I mean, one, it's, it was a hell of a group of, of people, um, you know, Oh my I, gosh. I have legends everywhere. Memories. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, but, uh, but me and Sam were, were, were paired together to be roommates and, uh, you know, I mean, it had been a while since I had been in a college dorm and had a roommate, but, uh, you know, I really couldn't have <laughs> asked for a better one. <laughs> uh, we had, we had a good time and, uh, and that was so much fun. And uh, I was just kind of thinking as my kids are starting to, uh, decide on colleges and, and hear about their roommates, uh, you know, what was your experience like, uh, undergrad freshman year? Did you know your roommate going in or, uh, did you go random? No idea. Totally went yeah. random. Yeah. How'd I that think work out? It worked great, but I, I was very fortunate. I had a great roommate at the school I went to undergrad for. Um, I do think at the same time, like I knew my, my, my folks, my parents told me, that they didn't want me to room with somebody from where I came from. Uh-huh. So I don't know if it's like any, like you can take anything from that. I would like, I sometimes I feel like it's good to room with somebody you don't know. Cause you get to see a different perspective on life and you get to work with somebody and you get to like, I don't know if they have quirks that make you upset or annoy you. Like you get to work through that and like just prepares you to be able to interact with people who might be difficult or, vice versa. You know, you might meet somebody that has a lot of your commonalities and you can make further connections with someone who maybe isn't from your hometown. So, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I went random for my, uh, my undergrad and, 
I, I had quite the character, Tall Bill. He was he was seven one. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> how, not like, the, how did not that the impact basketball you player? Oh, he played I mean, basketball. He, I mean, he got better as, as as college went on and stuff. But I mean, he he was not very good when we first came in. But I mean, it was uh, he was a rambler, right? Well, Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. He didn't play for the team, though. He uh, yeah. he just we just did you know intramural and stuff. But I mean, he like, was very. I mean, it was, yeah, it it was just funny every you know because everyone knew on campus who he was because you know well who's that seven one kid you know well that's Tall Bill so you know and so then my freshman year you know I was like oh you're Tall Bill's roommate huh and I was like oh yeah um, and so you know but we, I mean we definitely had uh, you know I mean we were pretty flexible um, you know he was a nice guy and, and I I try to be as agreeable as possible and uh, you know there were only a couple moments uh, I think I think the worst was I came back from. Um, uh, well, there, there were a couple, uh, moments. One was he, uh, he took off our, our door and tried to put a screen door on, um, because he thought that would be more inviting. Um, and I was like, buddy, I, I really don't want people to be able to just come in here and take, my <laughs> um, and then the other one was he had gone for spring break to, uh, Florida and, you know, we're in Chicago. So, you know, March in Chicago is still freezing cold. <laughs> and so he missed the sun. And so I came in one day and he was lying on the floor in his uh, swim trunks and he had turned the heat all the way up, um, so that he could feel like he was still in the beach in, uh, in, in Florida. And I was like, buddy, it's 90 degrees in here. Like, this is not going to work. Um, so, but uh, I mean, other than that and stuff, I mean, we had we had some crazy stories that I w- I'm not going to tell the kiddies too much. Uh, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, it was it was quite the time, um, you know. And uh, and man, I uh, I I uh, there were there were definite times. Uh, uh, Sam, the man, was uh, was was a gentleman and a scholar, and uh, and and you made sure to get your sleep. I don't think I made a single breakfast uh, all four weeks uh, while we were at Georgetown. Um, I, I was, are you I was, sure? I'm pretty sure you made, I, I'm pretty sure you made the last day. I did make the last day. Yes. Yeah. We pushed you to make the last day. I remember that. Yeah. But, but after the, that night before that was, that was, that was a rough morning too. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we, uh, but man, I miss, I miss those basketball games. I miss Dan and Ethan and, uh, you know, um, I mean, all those guys, Jordan, um, you know, we just, we had, we had such a fun group, uh, Jeff and, and then, and doing trivia nights and everything else and stuff. Like it was just, it, it was a blast, you know, it's just honestly, like, I don't know if you have any students who want to go into teaching or anything like that, but the best thing about that James Madison fellowship was definitely just for me, I think it was meeting people who I feel like share values that I think is what we like. I think is what, what like epitomizes the American like ideal, like people who care about each other and who like value these, like value open discussion and like, sure, maybe you have a completely different opinion about how government should be organized, but like just really value your perspective and want to hear your thoughts. I thought that every conversation we had with those individuals was absolutely amazing oh yeah i mean i just i'm a bit like i'm just yeah thinking of you know some conversations i had with logan while we were there yeah um the the stuff that rich would throw out there oh my just... god 
but yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, it's, and, and I don't think the, the kids will really get it and stuff. I mean, but it's, you know, I mean, you know, Sam, you were, you were what, 24? Yeah. 24. Yeah. So, I mean, I was 35 and stuff, you know, but we had a range of, you know, like, uh, Eric, uh, you, you get people, from Hawaii was like 56. Something yeah. Like that. And, and people who had little kids at home, we had, uh, you know, we, we had someone who was pregnant, um, yeah. uh, Heather while we were there. Oh my God. Um, so, you know, and, uh, and I just, you know, and then now it's like how all those friends I saw, you know, Karen had a baby. Um, I think, uh, Dan and his wife are expecting, yep. you know, and so now you just kind of cheer on, but yeah, no, it was great. Cause you had, you had people who were at the twilight of their career, people who were in the middle of their career, people who were at the start of their career, um, you know, like Silas and, um, um, oh gosh, no, I'm Maddie. Special. Yes, Maddie. Um, you know, and so, and Haley, you know, who were kind yep. of like new to teaching and stuff. And it was just amazing how much everyone worked together um, you know, plotting out essay, you know, responses and everything yeah. else and stuff. And everyone was, was, was all about improving the practice, which I think is, uh, something really admirable about, you know, I mean, you know, teaching, especially if you teach the same subject, you know, it's kind of easy to come up with your plans and just kind of stick to that, uh, that plan book and stuff. But I don't know about you. It's just, that seems a little boring to me and stuff. Like I, uh, yeah. I'm changing up the curriculum every year cause there's always some new, new way to teach it and everything. So, uh, Definitely. you know, it's, uh, it's just, but it was, it was so inspiring and I, and I continue to be inspired by all those people and stuff and the, and the things they come up with. So, you know, I just, uh, it, it, it was, it was a once in a lifetime experience and, uh, and I was very blessed to be able to, to room with you and go through it with you and, and, and have you there to help me out stuff, to talk through stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a friendship that I, uh, you know, I, 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 I truly cherish and, uh, it's just, it, it's great when we get to catch up or the, the, the random texts or anything else and stuff, I know. You know, it's just, uh, always appreciated. And we need a reunion. I know we do need a reunion. Uh, you know, they've been doing some zoom calls. Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't uh, see that. Yeah. So we, we got a plan to make one of those one time. Um, so, um, so, uh, Anything else that you've been doing to keep yourself, you know, occupied from going insane? Like, uh, I mean, do you have an outdoor hoop you can shoot at or, you know, I've been missing my b-ball, but oh, man, I have been really getting into that Michael Jordan documentary. Dude, how good is it? So good. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know, oh, we, uh, I got a lot of, it's, it's it, I just love the, I mean, he was a nineties icon. Yeah. Just crazy that you know, that, and, and his, his personality was just something that is just so unique. Oh, totally. So now uh, I got to tell you, so I was in seventh, eighth grade, you know, when, uh, so eighth grade was one of the, they won the 98 championship. Uh huh. So on my eighth grade basketball team, you know, just my, huh? Just some Jordans. (laughs) You know, I actually had the penny Hardaways. Oh, come on. I know I, I missed out, but I had a black bulls Jersey. Now I'll let you see if you can guess the number. Uh, well, uh, the name on the back of it. I, mm, I feel like you wore a Jordan Jersey, but in light of this week's episode, did you wear a Rodman Jersey? Oh, I wore a Rodman Jersey. Oh, with the 91. Oh yeah. Number 91. 
Yeah, and my goal was to uh, – I, I literally had games where my goal – I would get mad at myself unless I, I brought down 15 boards. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I yeah. brought down eight, 18 one game, and that was, that was my high that season. See, that's what we need now, though, because now kids just, like, they want to shoot eight threes a game because of the Splash Brothers from the Golden State Warriors. Oh, yeah. We need, a, we need like, a Robin type where rebounds come back and they're important. Yeah, well, and that's, I mean, that's why Kawhi is so good is because he's like, you know, he, he, he'll get the board. I mean, I prided myself on boxing out and just, you know, as soon as that shot went up, I found my guy and it was just, you know, pushing him out, you know, of the box and stuff, you know, to be able to get, it th- get that board. Yeah. Uh, you know, I lived for those rebounds, man. Um, and it just was, uh, it, it was, it was fun. Yeah. But he, he was, he was my hero. He was just like, Oh, you know, those games where he'd get 20 boards and, and scores, you know, not score a single basket or even take a shot. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm also, you know, watching them bad boys Pistons game. You know, I just, you know, I have a lot of respect for the players now and stuff, you know, and I mean, Curry and LeBron and, you know, all these guys are, are changing the game and stuff, but you can't tell me those guys would have been able to handle that abuse that Jordan got every time he went to, went to the lane. Oh, no way. I mean, no, he, they got, would have had a reaction he got murdered. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, LeBron now puts up his hands, you know, if like, you know, he gets, you know, he feels air coming at him. Uh, and, and Jordan just kept going in there and stuff, and they just kept throwing him on the ground. Um, it was uh, it was insane. And then the other thing, the other crazy stat I saw was just like, for, for like uh, in that late 80s period, he averaged over 32 points a game for four years straight, and he took a total of 19 three-pointers pointers over those four years like that's like two clay thompson games it's insane (laughs) and uh, he was able to put up so many points from the mid-range oh yeah and that was and that was where every you know hand checks were allowed there was no three-second violation so like you know guys could just camp out in the you know in the box Mm -hmm. you know and it was just all about you know, although I do feel bad. I mean, uh, I, I get where Ron Harper was coming from, but my boy Craig Allo, you know, like, there's no way you can defend that shot. Like, nope. He got he he got his hand up in the air and stuff. Jordan just could stay in the air longer. You know, it's almost like he could hit a pause button in the air. You know, and stay in the air a second longer than anyone else could. You know, at that at that peak of that jump. Yep. But man, it's been it's been fun to watch, and and especially without sports. Like that's my that's my like Sunday night. It's like. By 9 p.m., it's like, all right, you know, I, I'm not talking. I'm not answering any phone calls. Like, I'm sitting here and I'm watching, I'm watching, watching Jordan. Yep. I feel That's you, man. Yeah. Have you been binging anything recently? Any good Netflix or anything else? Well, so me and my wife, we're tonight, actually, of all nights, we're finishing up The Americans, which is a FX show. Oh, FX man. Show. So good, isn't it? It's so great. It's really yeah. interesting, too. I'm, you know, in one of my grad classes, I'm reading about Reagan. So it's interesting to see all that going on in the late eighties. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, so, I have uh, I turned a couple of my, my juniors, uh, they're doing research papers about the cold war and I had some students who were interested in uh, Russian spies. And so um, I turned them onto the show, you know, it's, it's great. slow in parts, but man, when it accelerates, it, it, it hits the, uh, it hits the gas and, and goes. Yep. Um, so, well, you guys are in for a treat cause that was one of my favorite finales I've ever seen. So um, we're ready. We were going we to enjoy whole, that. We were anxious the whole last episode. Yeah. So I got to, I got to finish up with the, the question I've been asking everyone. Uh, did you watch Tiger King and what did you think? 
I've seen it. I've seen one episode. Okay. And uh, so far, I'm I'm inching for more, but uh, I think that it is a very interesting show, very shocking, and something that uh, you know a lot of Americans right now with so much craziness going on, it's something to you know to find some solace in uh, you know a TV <laughs> show that everybody's watching. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you got to let me know when you hit up episode five because that's about his uh, foray into politics, and uh, I'd be interested to think what you think of his uh, his presidential and his governor um, runs in uh, in Oklahoma. I'm I'm on it. You know, <laughs> you know, I may be the first person that you've interviewed who's actually been to one of those zoos. I I think you are. Which did you Myrtle the one in Myrtle? Oh, you yeah, went to the Myrtle Beach one. Hills. Yeah. Wow. I, it was so, I mean, I, I, I hardly remember it. I was like four or five years old, but I don't think I got a picture, but I think my older sister got a picture of one of those baby tigers. Wow. Yeah. So well, when you watch shocking. episode two, there's, there's some interesting things about that guy. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's looking back, it's, you know, definitely with some of the darker parts of the, of the show, just in episode one, looking back, Maybe some regret, but we'll see what happens. All right, man. Well, you got to let me know when you uh, when you finish it up, right? You got it. Hey, man, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your day to, to do this for me and my students. Um, so it was great to catch up with you and uh, hear how the quarantine's going. Um, and you be well, um, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon, all right, bud? Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good rest all of right. your year. All right, yep. thanks. Later. We'll see you. All right. Bye. All right, so that was uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, my buddy Sam Vinig, uh, who uh, was a great roommate to have and uh, just a, a terrific guy. And so I hope you guys uh, enjoyed hearing from him um, and hearing a little bit more about um, our summer institute, what quarantine looks like for him, for his students, um, and other ways that uh, he is uh, keeping busy. And so uh, there you go. You actually have a person who uh, has been to one of uh, – the uh, zoos highlighted uh, in Tiger King. Uh, so Doc Antill, he was a he was a weird guy, and I, don't, I you know now that we know a little bit more about him, um, it's uh, it's kind of crazy <laughs> that uh, that I know someone who went to one of those uh, uh, zoos. So anyway, um, we're in the midst of uh, AP prep. So thank you all for who have been turning into the zooms uh, to go over some of these uh, foundational documents that we. Uh, are going to need for the essay. It's been great to see your guys' faces every day um, and enjoy kind of breaking down some of those documents uh, in a way that hopefully helps you guys on the essay portion of the um, AP test. And so uh, I'll keep uh, putting up stuff on Schoology for that. Uh, for you non-AP preppers, I sent out uh, an assignment to watch some movies that are related to government and just kind of tie them back to things that we've learned in class. So I hope you guys enjoy those. There's some good movies there, um, and hopefully that will be a fun activity for you guys uh, to uh, complete. So uh, that's it for me. Hope you guys have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.